What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I'm your host today, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside our friends from across the pond, Dave Evans and Nick Wright. Guys, how you doing today? Very well. Good. Thanks, Jared. Thanks for having us on. Good. I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll try my best to say Dave or Nick so we don't interrupt each other too much, but good. It's good to hear you guys are doing good over there, and it's dark over there for you guys. I know the time difference is a little, little bit weird, but I appreciate you guys taking the time and, and coming on and talking a little baseball here with um, with us. But first, guys, before we go any further, I appreciate you guys listening to the show, all of the support we've had in the past, and we have a lot of fun things coming between me, Brock, Derek, and uh, John. It's you know we have a lot of really cool things coming in the new year, coming for spring training. And if you like our show, go on to Apple, give us a five star review. Only if you like our show. If you had any questions, topics, ideas, anything you know you want to address to me or anybody. Uh, shoot us an email at talkinghalos at gmail.com. Um, if you're on Twitter, just shoot me a message. I reply to everybody. I love talking baseball with with all you guys. It's Jared underscore Tims. And I'll plug you guys right now. Dave, where can we find you on Twitter? I don't say very much, but if you want to see me not say very much, I'm at uh, Dave Evans 1986. Yes, go follow Dave. And Nick, where can we find where can we find you, man? Uh, you can find us at L. Angels UK. Yes, the guys from Angels UK. I love it. I love it. So, guys, first off, I'll start with you, Nick. Nick, where are you from? Uh, I'm from just north of London, actually. For all intents and purposes, I'll, I'll say London because <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure your listeners don't really have a clue where I'm actually from. Yeah, no, I mean, um, I I've never been over there, so I I would be lost over there. I I'm gonna I once all you know lockdowns and stuff go away. Me and my girlfriend are definitely going to try to travel and go to a lot of places. So that is on our bucket list. I may have to hit you guys up. And then uh, Dave, where where are you from? I'm from just inside London on the borders, just before it gets into a place called Essex. So uh, yeah, East London. East yeah. London's the best way to start. Perfect. It, it, I mean, is it big over there? Like, I don't know, have you guys been, have any of you guys been to the States over here by chance? Yeah, we have. I think as we'll probably get onto later, I think Dave and I have very similar experiences of coming over on family holidays over to the states, over to California. So, oh, perfect! That's cool. You guys have family over here. I didn't. I didn't know that. You know, learning, learning a little bit about you guys. That's that's really cool. So, guys, we will start off with some fun, I guess, kind of questions. I already got where you guys from at. What got you guys into baseball? I'll start with Nick. What what got you into baseball? It was. I was over there maybe. Actually, the first year I was I was actually into baseball was 2002. So, as you can see, for an Angels point of view, what a year to start getting into baseball. But I was, uh, I was a sports fan, so I was, I think, 10, 10 years old, 11 years old, coming over. Um, I was big into sports when I was growing up, still am now. Cricket in particular as one, which has similarities to baseball. And I was, I was sitting in a hotel room, actually, in Anaheim. And, and just flicked on the TV, ESPN, I think it was Sunday Night Baseball. I think it was actually the, the Cardinals, I think the Cardinals were on. And um, just, you know, curious, started watching it, started thinking, you know, this looks all right. And the more I watched, the more I got into it, you know, and you start getting engrossed in something. And so at that point, it sort of piqued my interest. So since we were just around the corner from the ballpark, convinced my parents that we should go to, to a ball game. And it kind of went from there, sort of fell in love with the experience. I think it, that that was that was the point of the day. I, I think it wasn't just the sport; it's the whole experience that comes with the, the day day at the ballpark. I mean, you know, all the food, all the interaction. I think at that time, it was, as you can imagine, midsummer in Southern California. I mean, it was a perfect day to be sitting out in the sun, um, just just watching and taking it all in. Yeah. Um, and, fr- and from there, sort of just developed developed my uh, interest in the sport. 
Yeah. Do you remember who you saw that day? I knew you were going to ask me that. Uh, <laughs> it was, I believe it was the, the Rangers. I believe it was the Angels against the Rangers. I, 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 that, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I mean, 16 games a year over here. I, I could see that. I mean, do you have like, where'd you sit that day? Do you, do you remember anything? Yeah, we were right out in, uh, right out in left field. So right in the sun, quite far (laughs) away from the action, the cheap seats at the time. But I mean, it was just, it was just great. It was great experience. Yeah. I have, the, I, have, I have the ticket stub somewhere. I'll try and dig it out. I'll try and dig it out. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no, I, that's what I miss the most. I miss just going and sitting in the sun watching a, watching a baseball game. I mean, I hate the sun, so that's me. I, I get burnt very easily. But, yeah, that's that's the one thing I, I really miss about it right now is just going out and sitting and watching a baseball game. You know, Angel Stadium, miss the uh, miss the fans, miss the smell of it. You know, the grass, that, that great smell you get when you walk in the ballparks. So what about you, Dave? Uh, similar to Nick as well, so it was a family holiday, and I actually did some homework. So I thought you would definitely ask me that question. So <laughs> I actually worked out it was a holiday, family holiday in '99 that I came out. So I was 13 at the time, and um, you know, I was doing a three-week holiday down the west coast. Got to Anaheim, was only there for a few days, to like Disney bits and pieces like that. And the old man got us some tickets to go and see the Angels, and it was against the Red Sox at the time, obviously for country which has not much exposure to baseball to start with, let alone back in the late 90s, and especially in my family, you know, we didn't have the internet or anything like that, we didn't have Sky, like cable channels, so I knew about the Red Sox, never really knew about the Angels, so it's for us, David Lee Goliath, and, um, you know, see what happens, and the Angels turned out winning 8-0 that day, um, Chuck Finley on the mound, he threw seven innings, didn't know if he was doing good or not, but all I worked out was that the Boston guys threw out three pitches in the same time. So obviously he was doing all right. <laughs> Troy Klaus got a homer um, to left, and that was like in the fourth inning. I just remembered sort of the crowd going quite wild for it. Um, but when you look back at the team sheet and the lineup, there, you know, Gavin Anderson, Tim Satman, Jim Edmonds, what a lineup that was, thinking about it going back. And um, I think I was pretty much. Loved the game from there. You know, you see it in the restaurants everywhere you go. So you know, it was in San Francisco in the Bay, and you'll see going to one of the restaurants, and all the screens are up showing varying games. You know, went to Anaheim, end up going to San Diego as well. So I went and saw Padres game a few days later. It was actually a Tony Gwynn's three thousand hit ceremony as well, and Trevor Hoffman came out and um, got the save on that one as well. So could have easily gone to the Padres if I went down the idea of support the team that you've actually been to see. But I saw Anaheim and it was just the ground, the people around us. You know, we were clearly the tourists, had no idea what was going on. It's like, what does that mean? What is happening? It's like, what is the hate? I say, here, well, what's the hate? What's the hate? <laughs> so, all these questions. And, you know, but people around us were so easy to talk to and just like, we must have been bored of us by the end. But, you know, we felt like we knew the game. So, you know, when we came back from that holiday, I was a part of what the uh, British Facebook community would say is the Channel 5 generation. It's like, one of the TV channels would have it in the middle of the night. And that was really good access to actually seeing some baseball. So, And I was just sort of fell in love with the sport from there. Over the years, I mean, it was probably about 2008, something like that. I started working night shifts a lot more. And um, in some downtime, got the MLB app and just found myself looking at the Angels and watching Jared Weaver and you know guys like that. So, yeah, and that's where it started for me. And that's... That's pretty cool. You know, you guys both started watching the Angels in like a prime time. I mean, and seeing all the Angels greats, really. I mean, Anderson, you named them off Anderson, Sam, and Kloss. Uh, Chuck Finley, an Angel great. So, I mean, you guys both came around at like the perfect time. And I know there's been a lot of roller coasters since then. And, you know, I feel you on that being Angels fan as it is. So, 
Yeah, and you know, I, I think I just want to kind of get right into this. How how'd you guys get into Angels UK? Because you guys both do Angels UK, I believe, right? You guys both do a podcast together. Yeah. yeah. So I'll I'll start. So the account the account something I set up in oh, it must be twenty. 17 or 2018 now I can't remember but it was off the back of uh, MLB UK initiative they tried before they brought the London series here they tried to get things going this, the year before with a home run derby uh, with Carlos Pena um, and a couple of our cricketers Josh Butler Alex Hales and so just before that event they set up a Facebook live where they tried to bring together fans of every single team in the UK so they tried to bring together this Facebook live stream where you had 30, 30 fans and various different people from the MLB UK community, which was great. But at that event, uh, it was pointed out by a couple of a couple of people there who had set up their team accounts already, that there was this market and there was nobody currently doing an Angels, you know, doing an Angels account or trying to grow the Angels fandom over here. So at that point, I sort of set it up and went about trying to connect Angels fans across the UK, uh, which has been quite a challenge, particularly in the early days. But it's it's slow growth. I think we haven't been helped by the fact that the London series got cancelled this year because of COVID. Mm-hmm. We saw a big boost last year, and baseball was at least on the agenda of people. It was making the main sports pages here on the BBC, and you know you could you could definitely sense the momentum. So losing that has been tough. But after a year or two of the count, I decided, as many of our fellow team accounts have done, to to set up a podcast, just try and put a UK perspective on on Angels Baseball, and that's where obviously Dave has come in and kindly co-hosted with me, the, the better half, I would say, uh, of the podcast, of course, uh, but, it, but it's been great. Um, we, we probably haven't podcasted as, as regularly as we wanted to, um, it was quite difficult last year with the truncated season, and then the way the Angels year went, it's just, as I'm sure you, you know, it, it's quite hard to find the motivation to talk about Angels when you just feel negative all the time, don't you? You just... You, you want to stay positive, and if you've listened to the show, you've been on the show. You know, we try to be as positive as we can be, and and, and look look to the future. But it was tough at times last year. Yeah, no, I I definitely feel like it. It got tough to really even you know get on Twitter and talk to people about it because I mean it's it's rough. You know, like you you get those lose you get losing seasons like that, and so many in a row, and you get your hopes up, especially last year with adding a adding playoff teams, and you're like, all right, you know, this could be the year that we see Trout in the playoffs, and you know, all that fun stuff, and it just doesn't go your way, and yeah, plug your plug the podcast right now first, because I know you guys are going to get back onto it once the season gets going again, and you guys do a fantastic job over there, I love I love going on with you guys, and I love listening to it, so plug your podcast right now so other people can go on and listen to it. Dave, I'll leave this one to you. <laughs> uh-huh. So yeah, um, podcast called Halfway Around the Halo, uh, a UK Angels podcast. Uh, Nick, you, you put it out there, you get it on Spotify, I'm assuming it's on all all the platforms. Yeah, it's on, the, it's on all your usual podcast channels, wherever you prefer listening to. I'm sure it's on there. And if it isn't, let us know because we'll get it on there. Um, but yeah, halfway around the halo, we may actually end up getting a separate account for it this year, I think, um, just to try and differentiate between that and my ramblings on Twitter in the middle of the night when <laughs> things aren't going so well. No, no, I love what you guys do. And, you know, if you listen to this podcast, go give. Go give them a follow. Go give them a listen. They do a great job. It's a different perspective halfway around halfway around the world, especially you know, not you know seeing games all that much and watching replays. Not you know, not even being awake for most games. So yeah, it's a, it's a different perspective. And I love it, love it, and I love what's the nickname for Bundy? I keep I keep forgetting. It changes all the time. 
Lord Bundy. <laughs> uh, so we're sticking with Lord Bundy at the Lord, moment. Lord you Bundy. Have to come and listen to the show and find out the four hundred <laughs> other names we have for. I was say I thought I heard. I I remember hearing eight or nine different names when I was on last time with with hearing hearing about Bundy. I think we talked about. So that was that was a lot of fun and. Yeah, I, like I said, I love you guys' show. I love what you guys do there. And if you're listening to this, go give them a follow on Angels UK or um, LA Angels UK, all that fun stuff on Twitter. So next question for you guys. What's, I'll, I guess I'll go to Dave. What's baseball like over there in the UK? I mean, is there a lot of it? I mean, I know I see some teams that you guys play for or that I think you play for. What's it like over there? I mean, there, there is no professional level of baseball. It's all amateur. It's all in parks. That there's a, I would say, off the top of my head, one purpose-built facility, but there's no stands as such. There's some seating. There's no stands, but well, a lot of clubs have created good grounds. There, there are a number of clubs with really good um, homemade stuff as, as such, but you know, there, there really isn't, isn't infrastructure nationally um, to be able to compete at any sort of level. Um, it's more recreational, amateur level. Um, there's four levels uh, in sort of the division that I play in. So you've got single A, double, triple, and national. Nowhere near the standard. I, would, I wouldn't even want to guess where our standard is compared to the States. Um, you know, it's not, your single A is your entry level, never picked up a ball, never picked up a bat, looking stuff, and just want to get into the game sort of thing. You've got the youth in there. And, you know, it is a growing sport. Um, I know that there was a survey going out um, some of the UK sort of Facebook pages and trying to work out how many clubs there are. I, I think there's probably about 90 clubs across the country, all told, maybe more. I might be completely wrong, but you know, there, there is participation in there. But on the greater scheme of things, it's, it's certainly on the growth side still. It's not, it's not massive, but you know, there is definitely a community out there, as, a, as sort of Nick can allude to, as well being a part of that side of it. Um, it's, it's a growing sport. But I would have to say there's a lot of work to be done to really get it get it out there. Yeah, you know, and it's it's been growing. I, I I'll get to you in a second, Nick. It's been it's been growing a lot over there in the past, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, you'd say? Oh yeah, I mean the, the growth is certainly moving forward quite a lot now, but I mean there has been a baseball scene for 30, 40, 50 years in the UK. Okay. It's just of how big and how prominent that scene's really been. Yeah. And Nick, do you do you play as well? Don't play. It's one of my one of my regrets actually. I've, I've played pretty much every sport at, at any time over my my life, um, but never baseball. Uh, but I was just going to add quickly to to what Dave said. One of the big positives I've seen coming for the forthcoming season is the fact we've got some uh, some from women's teams starting up. It's um, definitely definitely seeing a growth not just in the men's game but in the women's game, and I think that's very important for the grassroots level, particularly for growing the game. I mean. We have had we have had mixed teams, I know, uh, but I think it's quite nice to have that have that specialist league for as well. Yeah, you know, and I we we've seen it here in the the USA too. The um, national team has a women's team as well. I mean, it's not just softball; it's actually baseball, which is super cool to see. And and it's I mean, it's a little different, but it's awesome. You know, it's good to see the growth like that, especially you know on the women's side of things, not just playing softball. Or you know, it just getting into it a little bit more, and I think we we saw it with the Marlins. The Marlins have a the first female GM, so you know, being able to expand like that and having different minds in baseball, even across the world, is is super cool like that. So yeah, I mean, 
So Dave, and, and I'll, I'll get back. I'll get on to you here. Dave, you play still, right? Yes, I do for my sins. Right. So, uh, we have a quick plug for my boys at Aston Villa, actually. So uh, I play for a team called the Essex Redbacks. And we've got a Triple A team and a Single A team. We've got two Single A teams now, but so I'm the catch of one of the catchers for the uh, Triple A team. Um, so go and have a look at our Facebook page at Essex Redbacks Baseball and Softball Club. There's a video and a link up there from our semi uh, our quarter final from our playoff game away at Sheffield. Uh, last year as well, which is uh, you get an understanding of what British baseball's like. You know, we went away to Sheffield, which for us was a two and a half, three hour car journey to get up there. But you know, they, they, that's, they were fantastic teams to go and play against, and it was a really good game actually. Uh, hopefully, we'll get to play them again soon enough. They don't play in our same league setup, which was a bit different last year because of everything that was going on. It was more of an open tournament. Um, but yeah, hopefully, get a chance to play those guys again and girls as well uh, to play them again. Right. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. Go, cool. yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go watch. I'm gonna go watch some of your at bats now, and I'm gonna put up a, I'm gonna put up a comparison video of you and a major leaguer, and that'll be my next question as well. Who do you compare yourself in the major leagues to? Who do you got? <laughs> are you a little yellow Martin Maldonado, or are you a little the? Are you righty or lefty up at the, up at the plate? I'm a righty. I am a righty. <laughs> um, oh Christ, Martin. Let's go Salvador Perez in his prime. <laughs> Big hitting. Yeah, no, I mean, I stepped up to AAA for the first time this year, so I mean, it was a nice adjustment period for me as well. Um, but learn loads, you know, playing with some guys who have played GB, some of them have been to um, college in, in the States and played as well, so yeah, it, it was nice to learn from those guys as well. Oh man, that's Maybe awesome. What was your batting line this year? Yeah. Oh, talk amongst yourselves and I can work it out, because I've actually <laughs> been tasked with working out the stats. Alright, I'll, I'll get a question on to Nick and we'll get back to that question. Uh... Who's your favorite? Who was your favorite player growing up? Uh, who's your favorite Angels player? I mean, do you have favorite favorites in anything, Nick? Yeah, I, I go back and forth on this. I mean, the obvious answer is Mike Trout in terms of favorite ever. You can't really. I don't think any Angels fan really can say anything else, particularly of our generation. Yep. Uh, my favorite growing up was probably Vlad, though. Probably Vlad Guerrero. I mean, that from that 2004 season and just what he did what he did that year and, and in his Angels career uh, and going into the Hall of Fame as an Angel, I think that's massive, isn't it? I mean, it's great to have representation there, which we haven't had before properly. Um, so I, I'd say Vlad if I, if I was pushed. You have a favorite pitcher? I know there hasn't been a lot, but... No, I mean, Jer- uh, Jared Weaver's the obvious answer, isn't he? Just, just his heart on the mound. I mean, he obviously gave us a hometown discount to stay around and even with with his declining velocity he still gave it all on the mound and it was quite sad to see really because when it when it went it really went in there it went right off a cliff um, but for years he battled and battled and you just knew that when he was on the mound we had a chance of winning and he'd keep us keep us in it so it's got to be Jared. yeah yeah i mean that's kind of the same with me I, I grew up in that same era and vlad really revolutionized the angels i mean you talk about getting into a bigger market. Vlad was that guy who brought the Angels Angels into that. Uh, Dave, did you get your slash line yet? Uh, sorry, mate. Let's just go with I was batting 1,000 with about 10 home runs here and four at bats or something like that. Yeah. All right, I'm going to hold you to that <laughs> then. I'm going to go watch, I'm gonna go watch a video and see how many home runs you hit. Uh, do you have a favorite yeah, player? Do you have a favorite player growing up? Or uh, any favorite players now? Mike Trout, of course, probably one of them. Yeah, I mean, Mike Trout for what, for what we were watching. I, I used to love um, Howie Kendrick. Um, a little bit of Tory Hunter, you know, the energy those guys had. Yeah, picture wise would have been Joe Weaver as well, but you know, that's a picture that I saw growing up. Gary Anderson, <laughs> I mean, career I've ever seen, yeah, you know, 
list can go on, really, when it comes to sort of favourite players there. Yeah, no. Sorry, Gary. I was just going to say, I'm glad he mentioned Howie. I nearly said Howie myself just as he's retired. I mean, not just for what he did as an angel, but what he did as a gnat. I think we can all appreciate that. Yeah. No, I, and I hope he comes back at some point to the organization, whether it's in the front office or as a coach. I mean, he was a great hitter. Uh, whatever it might be, if he wants to come back after he spends time with his family, that'd be that'd be really cool. And I, I would hope that the Angels would have him back because it feels like Madden is one of those guys that wants to get those type of guys back. So I think kind of on to more of a fun part now. And I think I don't I didn't really give you guys time to study this at all. And is there anybody who wants to go first? Because I've been asking this question to everybody between you two. Anybody want to go first? Who wants to play GM? So I know that Dave actually has done a bit of research on this. Uh, so maybe I want to go before him because he's, he's going to embarrass me otherwise. It doesn't mean it's going to be any good though. I was looking at this earlier thinking I'm going to really upset a lot of people when I start talking about what, I, what I'm thinking about. But only, Nick, you can go first. Only as long as you tell everybody your plans for Albert. <laughs> he's mentioning, I, I put on a joke tweet a few weeks ago about giving gotcha. Albert giving Albert another 10-year deal. And it didn't go, didn't go down too well. I, I talked about extending it. I mean, uh, I think he does still have a 10 years after, but as a service agreement. I, I think so. Technically, he's still going to be around for 10 years, and I, he might be able to play. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Player coach. Oh, God. So, what do you got, Nick? What do, what, do, what do you want the Angels to do here? So, the obvious one, I'm going to stick down a very obvious route, is Trevor Bauer. Um we need that frontline pitching. Snell's off the market now. Um, Darvish is off the market now. Two two arms that I think we've been linked with and were possible to get. Darvish in particular, slightly disappointing. I know he's 34, but the Padres haven't given up all that much to get him. It was quite a big salary dump by the Cubs, and I think that's one we possibly should have been in on. But let's go out. Let's spend the vast majority of our money here and bring in Bauer don't quite know what it takes, 25 mil a year, 30 a year possibly, um, five years. But I think I think we've got to do it at this point. I think we're, we're lacking that um, lacking that frontline pitching. And I said to Dave on, we recorded an episode of uh, Halfway Around the Halo a few weeks ago. And I said, I, it's not just what he does on the mound. I think it's what he does elsewhere. I think the energy he brings to the game, to, to, a, to a pitching staff, I think... He just wants to win, doesn't he? And he, he's, he's unconventional. You can tell he has that drive and determination. And, and I think he would get the best out of the rest of our staff as well. Uh, so I would, I'd go out there and uh, spend my money spend my money on Bauer. I'd look to bring in I'd look to bring in a former favourite Brian Goodwin back. Just for right field, fourth outfielder. I think it's no-brainer for me. He hit very well when he was here in the past. He got on well with the team. I think he was a bit of a favourite and surprise. Not going to not going to be very expensive, and hopefully, if you have to keep Adele down, which he should be, he should be in Triple A this year at least for a few months. Um, you you know he's reliable, uh, and then possibly if we can stretch the budget, you're looking for another another starter or another pen arm. Depends where your money is. Uh, Musgrove's been spoken about about trading. I think we probably do need to trade for another pitcher, but if you get Bauer, you don't need that ace, that front line. You need a dependable innings eater that you can slot into the three or four slot and um, just 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 uh, eat innings and hopefully get us through. So I think that's what I'd do. Let, let's say Bauer, Musgrove and Goodwin. Yeah, I like that. And I like that you bring up the energy because I feel like that was what was lacking a lot last year. I mean, you guys watched majority of the games and that's really what it felt like. It, it just felt like 
the angels were dead in a sense. Like there was no energy at all. And it would be fun to see what he brings to the clubhouse, whether it's good or bad. I, I don't I don't really know. I'm I'm not a huge fan of a big emotional guy like that, but it could be a really good thing. It really could be. I don't think there's any angels don't really have any of those emotional guys. They have a lot of veteran leaders, Pujols, Upton, Trout, you know, Stassi behind the plate is is a really good guy um, to have back there. But yeah, you know, having a little bit of emotion, having a little bit of a little bit of fun as well, you know, could be a, could be a good thing for this team. And I hope that we see Madden really do what he did in Tampa and do what he did with Chicago and really have fun with this team because I think I really think that that's what this team needs because you look at them on paper and I think I say this almost every podcast you look at this team on paper and in a 60 game season there's no reason why they shouldn't they they didn't they shouldn't have made the playoffs like there's no reason whatsoever I mean you have two of the best hitters in baseball you know you have you had one of the better pitchers in baseball and Lord Bundy and you know you just I I couldn't put my finger on it. That was that was what my excuse was. I mean, you couldn't couldn't really blame injuries. You couldn't blame anything. But I, I just felt like they weren't having fun. And you know, I mean, Dave plays. Is it better when you're having fun, or is it better when you're you know losing and not doing anything? That's it. Even if you're losing, but you're having fun at the same time. Exactly. I mean, you, you got to have some type of fun. And I just felt like that wasn't what they were doing last year. So yeah, I like those ideas. I think that you know a lot of people's ideas are fairly similar i mean and that's what the angels need to do they need to go out and get pitching and they need to go out and have some fun so dave on to you your turn mr gm what do you got so trust me if we can get bauer and still fill the holes i'm all for bauer for the exactly the same reason that you guys have just spoken about and for the reasons everyone thinks that maybe we should get him i think the fact we can get him probably for no more than five years would be quite good as well um, I was listening to one of your episodes, the last one, and Brock was talking about how he was happy that we didn't get cold on nine years and stuff like that. I'm, I'm fully agree with that sort of stance. It's too long a contract. But, you know, Bauer for five. But my concern right now, unless he agrees to sort of backload some of that deal, I, which I don't know whether he would or not at this stage, I'm concerned where this money is going to come from to get anyone else because, you know, we've already got, I spent eight, eight and a half on. Racio Wiggly is just number one. You know, Jose was three and a half. I know Alex and Claudio is coming at 1.1. I mean, I've got about 23.2 left on the budget. Now, Bauer is going to come in at 25 minimum, say, if we're lucky. Where, where is this money coming from is what I want to know. And I don't think Bauer takes us to the World Series. I don't know fully that if we can't supplement the rest of the bullpen or even another starter, that we even make the playoffs because we couldn't do it in a shortened season when there was more teams available to get in there. So as much as I want Bauer, I think if we want to have a better chance of competing this year, I think we need to spread it out a little bit more, personally. Whether that means saving some of that, not saving that money, but utilising that money on a couple of starters. So I've gone backwards and forwards, and I know, um, Jared, you've been talking about obviously Jermaine uh, Marquez a lot. I think that would be quite a big thing. And looking at some of the trades which are going down, that, that who knows how much that's going to sort of cost us when it comes to what we do have left. Um, I like the idea of Musgrove, trading for Musgrove. And then I've been trying to toss it up as to what would be best, whether we go and trade for someone like Carrasco or someone like uh, even Sonny Gray, something like that. No, same amount of money between Carrasco and Sonny Gray, really, 10 million and 12 million. Musgrove's obviously decent. Try and bring it over, maybe someone like Stallings as well. 
in that trade so they can get the catcher for three million, and then you've still got five million or so left in order to try and bring in and I'd probably good win if you want to try and supplement the outfield still, which I'll have no issues in bringing him back whatsoever. But then you've still got a bit of money left to try and fill in some arms as well. Um, I know, obviously, Perry's made a lot of little moves as well, hasn't he, in minor league deals. Some of them might pan out, sort of thing. And that's, that's sort of where I see it myself, try and get two better start two, maybe number twos, and really bring that, raise that floor more that starting rotation because it was our bullpen that blew it really more than anything 14 burn saves yeah, you know, and that's I, I talked about this on a, on the last podcast with Brock. It, it's the question that keeps me up at night, and you explained it exactly the same way. I mean, do you go out there and do you want to try to win now and spend the money and maybe go trade Adele and Marsh and Adams and those guys away right now, or do you want to try and hopefully be good down the road and continue that over as well, like continuously be good, be like the Astros, be like the Dodgers, be like the Padres are going to be the Rays. You know, that's that's the question like that everybody can't figure out. And I mean, if you can figure it out, you're one of the smartest minds in baseball. You know, I mean, it's it's very hard. Like I said, I, I, I dabble. We mean me and Brock went back and forth about this last podcast, like for 45 minutes of what they should do. Do you go and, you know, spend a little bit less and go get a couple guys or do you go spend the big money and go to Bauer? I mean. If it's Artie, you know what he's... I think we all know where he wants to go and where he's going to go, and that's probably going to be JT Real Muto. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. I actually said that on our last show that I wouldn't, I wouldn't be sad of that. You know, Nick's saying, no, you can't pay the old catchers. Hey, I'm, I'm 34 years old and I'm a catcher. I wouldn't. Yeah, you're not getting paid. I'll stick up for him. <laughs> well, no, I'd pay for the privilege, but still, the same thing. So, yeah. to, to, to answer your question, uh, I'd say two things. One... The second approach about winning consistently and maybe not getting in all in now, I just don't think it works for the Angels because unlike those other teams you said, we haven't had that full rebuild. We haven't stripped back everything and, and built the farm up. Yes, the farm's improved, but it's still middle of the road at best. I mean, we just don't have the pieces there to, to make that sustained charge, which means when you look at it now, you've got Trout in his prime, you've got Rendon in his prime, you've got Fletcher going to get more expensive as it goes in. Our pitching whatever we think of them, is going to get more expensive. Bundy's due a raise. Heaney will be, you know, free agents, won't they? Um, I think we have to go all in. And I do, unlike Dave, I do think having that front line, if, if, and it is a big if, if Bauer pitches like he did last year, you slot him into our rotation, and he's massive, you are winning. You are, I would say, you're a playoff team. If he performs as you do that. Because I think he raises the levels of everyone else. I generally do. I think there's a knock-on effect. If you've got an ace pitcher going out there every five days and putting in a performance like that and getting a win, I think everyone wants to raise their game to that level. Um, and as what we did, what Dave touched on, I mean, last year, pitching actually wasn't so much of an issue starting. It really was the pen. I mean, you look, especially early on in the season, the amount of blown saves we had and, and games we just threw away, and the, the hitting was good enough other than a, a brief low at the start. I mean, so I think we've gone out and he's got rid of quite a few pen pieces already, brought in a couple of nice additions, I think, to it. It's looking stronger. And if you get that frontline starter, I personally am optimistic. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm concerned about the, where the money comes from to get that supplementary piece as well because, you know, as much as I want Patani to be there, I, I don't think that arm 
Tom's right. I, I don't think we're going to see much there. Um, I still think we've got a hold in that starting rotation if we really want to push going come, come playoffs. Yeah. I'm not as fussed on that as you. I don't think we need it. Now, if you get the front, I would like a second starter, but I don't think it is essential. I trust Heaney, Bundy, Canning, Atani, possibly, Berea, you know, Sandoval. I trust them to, to do well enough. And look, if you're in contention around the trade deadline, go out and get another pitcher. Go out and spend a little bit extra. With Pujols money coming off next year, would, would Moreno stretch the budget a little bit at the trade deadline? I think he probably would. Um, if it looks like we have a chance of playoffs and beyond. So I'm not as concerned as you. I just think we need that frontline starter. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's what's been missing. You, you know, it was the hope that Otani could do it. Uh, he hasn't been there quite yet. Hopefully we, we see it. You know, there's always that question mark. Another thing to keep in mind, I mean, Bundy and Heaney both are free agents after this season. So that that's the that's the question. Then you need a shortstop as well. Iglesias is a free agent. You're going to need to redo the bullpen. I mean, it's all, like I said, it, it's fun to think about this year, but at the same time, I mean, next year is is right around the corner as well. I mean, Pools comes off the books. You hope, I know Manassian said that they hope to maybe package up Upton and get him out of there. I don't think that will happen. I mean, there's a chance, but I, I just don't see it. So, I mean, Rendon gets more money. Trout is going to make his money, but those guys are, at the moment, definitely 110% worth it. So, it's, you know, it's... The Angels are in the same spot they've been the last, you know, five years. They need pitching, and you know, I think the hitting will the hitting will work out as as we go around. So I like all those ideas. I mean, it's it's it, both you guys have different opinions, which is nice. I don't I like seeing that we have different thoughts about it, and it's the big question, you know, what should the Angels do? And it's been that way for the past, I mean, five six years under Artie, under Epler, under Depoto, under whoever it is, Manassian now. So, like I said, I mean, I, I'm excited to see what they do come New Year because I think that's when we start seeing a lot of a lot of big moves start happening, a lot of free agents really start finding their place. And I think I hope that Artie doesn't panic and go out and sign. I mean, I'm fine with Real Mudo, but I think they need some pitching. I definitely think they need some pitching to to get along a little bit farther. So, guys, I I appreciate you guys coming on. I don't have anything else for you guys other than plug everything that you guys can. Twitters, um, your podcast, do that all right now because I. Love what you guys do. You guys need a lot more support out there. And I, like I said, love what you guys do. So plug it. Um, Nick, start with you. All the podcasts, the Angels UK, all that. Thanks, Jared. I really appreciate you having us on. So it's at LA Angels UK for all your UK Angels content for usually me up around 5 a.m. in the morning complaining about us blowing another game <laughs> <laughs> just before I get up for work in two hours' time. But the podcast as well, halfway around the halo. I'd really love you to listen, to, to just like, subscribe, everything. You know, if you like it, let us know because we always want interaction. I'm sure anybody that does a podcast knows it's all about the interaction you get afterwards and the discussion. So, yeah, please listen. Yep. And, uh, yep. Dave, where can we find you? Yeah, Dave Evans, 1986. Again, if you want to follow someone who doesn't say very much on Twitter. <laughs> No, go go bug him. He's fun. He's fun to uh, he's fun to listen to on his podcast. He gets all he gets going. Eight thousand uh, Bundy names going on over there. So I love it, guys. I appreciate you guys coming on so much. I know. Go to bed. It's probably getting a little late for you guys. I don't know. It, it's probably not too late for you guys over there. But yeah, you guys have. I appreciate you guys coming on. Thanks, Sharp.
Thank you. Cheers, Thank you. All right, and you guys have a great rest of your day. Mm -hmm.